0: You're listening to Divine Conversations, Episode 4. Welcome to Divine Conversations. I'm your host, Layla, and this podcast is intended to inspire, empower, and provide practical tools to heal, raise your awareness, and elevate your consciousness so that you can embody your higher self and live your ideal life. Welcome everyone to another episode of Divine Conversations. Today I am so excited to bring you this conversation that has to do with our physical health and well-being and being able to, in order for us to actually get in alignment with our purpose and do anything in life, what I personally realized from my journey and experience is that that cannot even come to be if our physical body or any body that we occupy isn't well. So I share a little bit um, at the beginning of the episode, uh, my own journey with uh, burnout as a result of becoming a parent and not practicing self-care. So we'll get into that in the episode. But I learned the importance of being at your best physically so then you, your soul can live in this healthy body. And, you know, for me, I truly always believe that um, the conventional model of medicine just doesn't look at the root enough, doesn't take into account, you know, so many things. And so in this episode, I um, have the honor and the privilege to talk with one of the most caring naturopathic doctors um, that I know. And we go into so many wonderful things that I will talk about. But let me just introduce you to Dr. Farah Rosik and, you know, a little bit about her bio. And then I will share with you what you can look forward to in the episode to come. So Dr. Farah Rosick is a registered naturopathic doctor here in Toronto, Ontario, who is passionate about empowering patients to achieve optimal health through personalized care. She believes that healthy living includes cultivating a life of happiness with no limits. She practices evidence-based medicine and emphasizes the importance of optimizing biochemical, metabolic, and hormonal functions within the body. Her mission is to help people achieve their optimal potential so that they can show up as the person they most want to be and I can tell you from personal experience just like I mentioned a minute ago I've never met you know a a doctor um, that so deeply cares about her work and the service that she provides to people you just can tell that, you know, this is her soul, this is her mission, this is her work, and she cares so much, it's like she's, you know, your body is like her own body, that's what I feel like when she, when she really talks about, you know, what to do for your for you, or just the depth that she goes into, she's so, so caring, and I'm so grateful to have her on my, uh, you know, team, um, you know, for my well-being. And um, I really wanted to share this conversation with you because I think it's so important to, um, like we talked already about a little bit, that if we are to do, to fulfill our missions here on earth, then we have to ensure that our health uh, is at its optimal and um, that we can truly be living inside a healthy uh, vessel that can be a home for the soul so in this episode you can look forward to uh, learning more about what is naturopathy Uh, I personally didn't have as deep of an understanding um, as you know after our episode so it helped me to understand uh, how it uh, correlates or or um uh, compares to allopathic conventional Western medical model and the differences between the two, and also what a typical visit to a naturopathic doctor entails, the role of stress in our modern day life, and how that affects our life, and also ways to manage it and to minimize it. We go, she goes into a lot of details and a lot of practical tips, and also lifestyle changes that we can uh, implement in our daily lives for optimal health and well-being because that's ultimately our goal is to live in a healthy body so we can do the things that we came here to do. Uh, we also discussed the role of emotions in being um, being at the root of uh, basically you know the physical ailments and the diseases that we experience are most of the time rooted in some emotional uh experiences that we have gone through so we talk about that and also um you know how to heal and and ways and uh, treatment plans and things like that on how to heal the emotional body and also you know physiological um, deficiencies can be causing emotional distress and dysregulation and you know she talks about what type of what types, what type, what type of deficiencies cause that and what we can do about it. We also talk about a very important vital vitamin that if you're deficient in it could be the cause of so many problems in your health. So this one I'm very excited to share with you about so you can also check your levels and, you know, make sure that you are at an optimal level for the specific vitamin. Now, we also talked about practical tips for preventative measures for optimal health and well-being, and that really is a theme for this entire episode, because that's what really should be our goal, is to prevent things from occurring. Um, But if, of course, if you are dealing already with ongoing health issues, there are so many ways of healing, which I'm excited to be diving deeper and deeper into future episodes of this podcast. Um, She also shares, um, you know, a, a, a big Part of this podcast is uh, my intention is to bring practical tools and takeaways that, you know, you can take with you and be able to apply to your life. So we go into, um, you know, the best type of water to drink, uh, the importance of proper sleep, the best times to sleep for your body, how to regulate your circadian rhythm, and the importance of having to get to the root of the root cause of whatever health issues that you might be facing. So with all that said, I'm so excited to introduce you to this episode. And so as we dive into today's episode, I welcome you to open your mind, bring the awareness down into your heart and listen with the ears of your soul. Let's go. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Divine Conversations. Today, my guest is Dr. Farah Rosich, and she is a wonderful, loving, most caring naturopathic doctor here in Toronto. So welcome, Farah. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today.
1: Thank you, Layla. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: It is my pleasure. So the way I got inspired to have you on the show is... Actually, um, for some of you guys who might be following my journey um, through Instagram and YouTube, you might know that part of my parenting journey um, has been experiencing extreme burnout and coming back to life after that. So about a year ago, I would say I was in the kind of like the, well, two years and then a year in like healing and getting myself back to feeling, you know, like I have energy and I can function again. Um, so I was guided by spirit um, to, and through my intuition, to start to take certain supplements and make certain changes in my physical health. And uh, Mimi, my sister Mimi, knew about it, of course. And so she was, I think, working with you, Mm Farah, to help her with some of the issues that she was facing. And she said, you know, Fair is amazing. You should definitely talk to her. I think she can really, you know, help you on your journey. And I was in such desperate need. I said, I will talk to anybody yeah. <laughs> because I just want to feel better. And so I'm so grateful to have you uh, on my, you know, health journey, um, guiding me and just, you know, providing your expertise and yeah. guidance. So, yeah, very excited. So when we were having our session and we're kind of just, chatting about naturopathy and what it all means and how it Mm -hmm. is so different from conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. I just was like, you know what, I think we should have, I I should have you on the podcast because um, I want to learn more about naturopathic medicine. And um, the whole, my big why is for having this conversation is to empower people to take charge of their health and to know that there are options Mm -hmm. and to not just stick to a conventional way because you know that's what people do uh, but just to know that there are alternative ways alternative ways of healing so uh, with that I would love it if we could just go into a bit of your story and just kind of hear about you know who you are yeah. because I think stories can be so powerful. It's how we feel connected to each other. We For can sure. relate. We can find inspiration. So, and then of course with that, you will, you know, if you could share how you got on the path and why you chose naturopathy as your, you know, purpose work.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I, I just want to say that that was so well put how you explained that, uh, and a little bit about my story. So I was completing my undergrad at UBC. So the University of British Columbia in beautiful BC. Mm, So gorgeous. Yeah. And at the time, I was also very much into health and fitness. I was competing in fitness shows and I was uh, a personal trainer for six years before I became a naturopathic doctor. I didn't know that. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of my background before I got Mm. into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was planning on going into medical school, so conventional medical school. I had completed mm-hmm. all of my medical prerequisites and I stumbled across naturopathic medicine just through a Google search. So I had no oh I had yeah I had never heard of naturopathic medicine before. Wow. Uh, and as soon as I did, it just fit so well with my core values and it made so much sense to me.
0: What what are your core values if you don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, that. so my core values, I guess I mean when it comes to to medicine, at least is to, to look at a holistic approach, right? So to Mm -hmm. view, to view the entire person. So not just physically their body, but you know, Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually to view them as a whole person. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't want to take a systems only approach where I look at one system, right? Mm -hmm. If someone's not feeling well, conventional medicine tends to look at just that system that might be impacted, but I wanted to, I, I really believe in looking at a holistic picture and understanding that all of those systems are interconnected,
0: right? Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, for sure. Yeah, And that's that's the that's the thing that really um, turns me off in terms of, you know, the Western medicine, in terms of the disease aspect of mm-hmm. things, you know, if it's trauma or anything like that, of course, you know, it has mm-hmm. its place, for but sure. with, With more uh, long-term illnesses or all these mystery illnesses, you know, there's an always, there's an underlining cause. And like you said, it cannot be rooted in just a separate system because we are a whole being. And beyond the physical, just like you said, there's Mm -hmm. the emotional body and the spiritual body. And Mm -hmm. all those things have to be taken into account. And the fact that they are not in conventional medicine, Mm -hmm. I personally believe that is the breakdown in the system and that For we sure. need as humanity we need to reinvent and re and just up upgrade the system because it's just it's just doesn't work. It's not For sure it's not right. For um, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So are you
1: Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, that even though they're different, they are definitely both necessary. So Absolutely. They have its
0: place, right? For sure.
1: For sure. So there is a place for conventional medicine. There is a place for pharmaceuticals and for surgery. Uh, yes. They're really good at addressing acute and urgent, urgent medical conditions, right? Mm-hmm. So things like heart mm-hmm. attacks, broken bones, physical trauma. Uh, whereas naturopathic medicine, like we said, really Mm -hmm. tries to understand the root cause of your symptoms, right? And works on addressing the underlying cause.
0: Yeah, I think to me, like, exactly, I totally agree. And to me, naturopathy is just that, um, not preventative so far as like, uh, just a way to ensure that you are in optimal health and well-being, kind of in a way, prevent anything happening, that all the systems are working together as a whole and everything is, flowing uh because Mm -hmm. we are energetic beings so this energy is just flowing through all the systems right so Mm -hmm. so what is naturopathic medicine and how is it different i guess into like in more details from from the yeah
1: yeah so that's a that's a really great question um so like i said because we're, we're working on trying to understand the root cause Uh, our objective is not only to eliminate the symptom, but also to eliminate the underlying problem. So I want to give an example that's easy to understand. So let's say I have a patient that comes in with migraines and they get it once a week and it's affecting their quality of life, right? Like it's it's debilitating. They can't concentrate at work. They can't go into work. They are short or easily frustrated with their significant other or their children. Mm -hmm. And so it's significantly impacting their quality of life, right? And so The conventional approach would be, let's take pain medication, right? Let's take it aspirin, take Tylenol. A quick pill, right? Exactly, a A quick fix. (laughs) A quick fix, right? right? And it doesn't really take into account that they might have to be on this pain medication medication for Mm -hmm. years, right? Because they're not addressing why they have the migraines in the first place. So from a naturopathic perspective, we'd actually ask and investigate the cause. So for example we'd ask, maybe it's hormonal, right? Mm -hmm. Is she a menstruating female? Mm -hmm. Is she perimenopausal? Could it be due to a drop in
0: estrogen levels, Mm
1: -hmm. right? A drop in, you know, maybe blood sugar, maybe there's blood sugar dysregulation. There's so many
0: factors that go into health, right? Like that's right.
1: And exactly. And so, mm -hmm. so you want to really understand what's causing those symptoms Mm -hmm. and address the cause, right? Not just suppress the symptoms.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. So the thing with conventional medicine is like, and why, like, I just feel so passionate that, you know, the more of us kind of begin to understand how all these systems, it's not that they are per se wrong, but they just don't work for Mm -hmm. the times that we live in and addressing all these issues. And I think more and more people, if we kind of come together together, and it almost needs a revolution in all the systems, really, sure. all human systems, from education to healthcare to uh, economic systems. All these systems just, I believe, need to be reworked to mm-hmm. fit the model. Mm-hmm. So with the medical system, the way it's set up, and it just breaks my heart, For is sure. that these doctors are overworked, are overwhelmed. They mm-hmm. have no time in the structure and yep. the way it's set up to address any of this. You know, I don't know really mm-hmm. how much time they get with each uh, patient but I think it's yeah, probably it's not as much as a naturopathic doctor would have the, no, the you know yeah, yeah so that's the problem I think at the core issue mm-hmm. like that is it that it's not that these beautiful doctors don't care it's just that the system is wrong oh, yeah right? exactly
1: exactly so. so they genuinely doctors usually go into medical school with good intentions they genuinely want to absolutely, help people Absolutely. Right? so they they spend an average of 10 to 12 minutes with their oh patients and they have over 2,500 patients on oh their goodness. roster usually. How can you possibly right? yes. get into the root cause? You, you can. just can't, right? You can't. It's And it's unfair of us to expect them to be able to not only figure out the root cause, but then diagnose and treat it in 10 to 12 exactly. minutes, right? Like that is literally impossible. Exactly. At, they are human yeah. after all,
0: right? And which is why, exactly. you know, they do tend to just prescribe a quick pill because at least it mm-hmm. uh, helps with the symptoms so the person can kind of be, continue to... Function more or less, right? But to me, like, I really believe that there's so much more here for us, and we shouldn't just settle for you know, I'm surviving. We should all take Mm -hmm. our own health into our own hands. And of course, naturopathy at this time, I believe, might not be accessible to everyone, you know, because it is more of a luxurious kind of a service. Mm -hmm. But that's why I believe that slowly we need to kind of all together work towards reworking the current system to kind of find that middle ground where uh, it can, it can be accessible to everyone. Right. Exactly. Which is why exactly. I wanted to have this conversation and see how, you know, in general, if someone doesn't have access to a naturopathic doctor, what can they mm-hmm. do to be empowered and take their own health into their own hands? What all are the alternative options when it comes to just yeah, optimal for health sure. and well-being? What would you, what would you sure. recommend with that?
1: yeah no, I, I definitely have a whole bunch of recommendations, but maybe just to step mm-hmm. back a little bit and just say a little bit more about uh, what naturopathic medicine Absolutely. entails, like what modalities we yes. use since we we're not mm-hmm. using pharmaceuticals and we're not using surgery, like what a lot of people don't yes. know right? Yes. Like what does a naturopathic doctor definitely. use? So I would say uh, uh, we we use botanical and herbal medicine, mm-hmm. right? And so when I say botanical or herbal medicine, I don't just mean like a tea, Mm -hmm. which I could prescribe, Mm -hmm. but I'm talking about stronger Mm -hmm. doses. So very strong doses of herbal medicine, Uh, nutrition and supplements, Mm -hmm. Uh, acupuncture. So I do a lot of acupuncture in my practice and traditional Chinese medicine, lifestyle counseling. And my favorite is comprehensive lab testing and physical exams. So the biggest thing with me is test don't guess. Oh I love right? that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So if something's going on, let's test right. you. Why why should we guess? Right, of course. If yeah. the test can
0: reveal, you know, very quickly what, what's mm-hmm. going on inside your body and you can then take, you know, an educated approach, right? Absolutely. For I love sure.
1: That. For love sure. That. An objective measure and then actually follow up. And see how much of an improvement we are getting. So get what in. is the
0: difference in the education of a uh, you know naturopathic doctor versus... Yeah,
1: doctor. that's a great question. That's a really great question. Uh, so both medical doctors and naturopathic doctors require four years of undergraduate mm-hmm. sciences mm-hmm. prior to entering into either medical school or naturopathic medical okay. school. And then both of them are about four years where they do... They, we take similar courses. So we we study anatomy, biochemistry, a lot of the similar core courses. But then on top of that, we have uh, the botanical medicine and the acupuncture and the other things that mm-hmm. I mentioned. So it is similar, but then also quite different. Yeah, most naturopathic doctors are well-equipped once they graduate. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think the fact that yeah. you already have all these beautiful modalities that are so much more intuitive and holistic in approach. And again, they take the whole person as this big beautiful unit into account. Um, I believe that that in and of itself already gives advantage to the way that you practice, uh, you know, healthcare. So um, yeah, that's amazing. So anything else did you want to add to the naturopathy before we move on?
1: Uh no, no, unless you have any other no, questions. I think, I think it was or, pretty think...
0: comprehensive. So what would be a okay. typical visit and what's the process? Like once somebody reaches oh, yeah. reaches out to you and says, you know, I, I'm dealing with this yeah, and this, that's, what would be
1: yeah. the process? That's another really great question. So uh typically an initial visit is seventy five minutes wow. long. So it's yeah,
0: it's quite intense. In comparison <laughs> to the thirteen minutes of a natural diet Yeah.
1: Exactly. Approach, yeah. Exactly. So we re- we really get to know you. We probably know you better than than I would say a lot of people. Sure, right? Because sure. we're asking we're asking questions in depth. Like we're going back. We're b- going back to your history. So, for example, if there is a specific symptom and and it started ten years ago, we're going to go back ten years ago and figure out was there something that specifically caused this? Was there an instance in your mm-hmm. life that specifically brought on and this? And again, right? it could be emotional so, or some. In- Exactly. Right. Exactly. It could be it could be something emotional, right? It could be like tr- trauma that you experienced mm-hmm. back then. And so we really get to know every aspect of you up until that mm-hmm. point. And because of that, we are very well equipped to diagnose and treat because we've spent so much time mm-hmm. with the patient. So yeah, so it's 75 minutes long and uh, we we cover your entire medical history, and then we do comprehensive lab work. So every first visit with a patient, they walk out with a requisition for lab mm-hmm. work because it gives me more information, Absolutely. right? And uh, then the follow-up visit is 45 minutes long, and we go over all of their results mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that visit. And And by the first visit, you should have left with a solid treatment mm-hmm. plan. Even before we get your lab results, you should have, we should be starting to work on improving your symptoms, right? right. right? Once we get those lab results, we can specifically tailor it even more, right? right? But so within those 45 minutes, we're we're going to tailor that treatment plan even more and uh, we're going to go over your results. And by the end of that second visit, you should walk out with an even more tailored treatment plan and you should be well on your way at that mm-hmm. point to, to getting good quality care the really good thing about working with a naturopathic doctor is it's not just two visits Mm -hmm. right you are building a relationship the whole thing is a relationship and
0: it's teamwork yes of course exactly I mean you can there's only so much you can do with giving a person you know a list of supplements to take or lifestyle changes you know Mm -hmm. but if they're not willing uh to put in you know to kind of upkeep their part of the street or, you know what I mean? Like uh, do their part of the, yeah. the, the the equation. Then of course you're not going to see any changes. So what would be a typical yeah. treatment plan um, that someone might be?
1: Yeah. So, so my treatment plans are very thorough, I know. like <laughs> I extremely <love> that. long. <laughs> I love that about you. That's
0: why when I started this, I was mentioning that honestly, like it really just makes my heart feel so happy and just makes my heart sing seeing people in healthcare that truly, truly care. Like, I really feel that with you, that this is your passion. Yeah, thank and you so much. it's really like you give your 110% of yourself yeah. into, you know, into your relationship with your patients. And I really, on the other yeah. end of that, as a patient, I really appreciate it. And I know everybody would. Well, thank you of so course, much. Because, thank you, you so know, much. you want someone who cares. And again, not to say, not to put down the doctors because, they do yeah. care as well, but it's just a whole different, you know, issue, set of issues. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. so I, I really appreciate that about you and the way that yeah, you show you up. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah, so I, I definitely, I'm, I'm a, probably a little bit OCD, so I'm very detail-oriented. Your treatment plans are very detailed. They include diet, so, mm-hmm. so we go into a lot of things about diet. And then supplements, mm-hmm. so supplements I recommend, I always... You know, include why I'm recommending each supplement, so you know why you're taking something, right. the exact dose, when to take it, how much to take, That's amazing. right? With food, with water. <laughs> I can like. attest to that. So Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah, there's no guessing. Yeah, right. You leave with a solid treatment plan, and and if you have any questions, mm-hmm. you can email me, of yeah. course. Yeah. Right, but I'll tell you, a lot of my patients don't email me because my treatment plans are so yeah, thorough. They're very comprehensive that most,
0: already. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they're very comprehensive, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so that, that's what you can expect. You can expect uh, someone who's really looking at every aspect of your life and your
0: lifestyle, and and how we can optimize that. I love that so much. So um, I really want to talk about the role of stress in our health mm. in our you know very very hectic modern mm. day life. What For is sure. the role of stress? And yeah, how it affects our well being and our health in general.
1: For sure. Yeah, so stress is a silent killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things that even if you don't think you're stressed, you you could very well first of be, all let's define right? what and is so, stress.
0: What what does that translate yeah. as in your body?
1: So yeah, so stress is actually a physiological response. So even though you're feeling it, likely in some ways emotionally, mm-hmm. right? You're it it is causing a physiological response in the body. So it's increasing cortisol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and
0: those are th- cortisol their
1: hormones, right? The cor- right. Yeah, cortisol is mm-hmm. a hormone. It's actually uh, secreted by the adrenal mm-hmm. glands, and uh, if you're overproducing cortisol, it can actually tire out your HPA axis, which is the hypothalamus-pituitary-adrenal axis, right? So the signal from your your hypothalamus in your Mm -hmm. brain to your pituitary in your brain to your adrenal glands, right? right? And so you're going to actually tire that axis out. uh, And then you could feel chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, once, if you've overstimulated your body with cortisol, your body can only handle that so much, right? So evolutionarily speaking, we would release cortisol as a fight or flight response when we saw, you know, a tiger or something we had to run fast
0: away right, from right.
1: right and nowadays we have these ongoing stressors consistently these daily stressors that are happening every single day they might not be as intense but they're happening more frequently chronically
0: right and, and it's so like, it's like yes you're chronically. chronically in a state of stress which is
1: exactly you're chronically excreting or secreting cortisol and uh and eventually what happens is your body can't keep mm-hmm. up because we weren't meant to be in a chronic right. state of it starts stress to break
0: down so what yeah. is the breakdown you mentioned the adrenals and you just begin to feel yeah. Fatigued, right? so. yeah
1: yeah yeah you, you you begin to feel very fatigued i mean you can get to a point where you can't get out of bed i right? was there so that's, <laughs> that's, raising my hand yeah, yeah
0: definitely yeah. yeah
1: yeah so you can get to a point where you can't even get out of bed and it's simply your your body's not supported mm. in the way it should be and it hasn't been supported for years like right Right, yeah. And so you get to that point.
0: The yeah. fact that I'm just yeah. amazed at just the resilience of a human body and mm. what it can withstand, just knowing for myself mm. how much I have put my body through in terms of just my mental state and stress in general and how resilient it is, even, even though probably I don't even know where it, it takes the resources from to be able to sustain itself and function when you are, mm-hmm. you know, the environment you're creating for yourself is... That, that doesn't exactly. support your optimal health, right? So it's just it's just yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so we talked about what stress is and what it does to our body. So yeah. what can we do to reduce stress? I mean, you know, I think most people probably know meditation is one of them. But it, yeah,
1: meditation right. is great. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of things. I mean, if you go to a naturopathic doctor, they they'd likely assess what is contributing to your Mm -hmm. stress, right? So everyone has different stressors. Mm -hmm. And so we'd break down what's contributing to your stress and how we can mitigate that. Is it something that we can reduce, Mm -hmm. right? Is your job really stressful? You know, if it's really stressful and it's making you miserable, you know, is it time to start looking for a new job? Do you need someone from an outside perspective asking you that Mm -hmm. question, right? sometimes we're so deep in it we can't see it for ourselves. Yeah, of course. of right? course, absolutely it's yeah. good to have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh there's things like adaptogens. There's a lot of adaptogens that we love to use. So adaptogens are very interesting mm-hmm. because they're herbs. They're botanicals that are, that are grown in stressful environments, ah, right?
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, the plant itself and adapts so, to the environment. Oh exactly.
1: So that's why we call it adaptogens. Right, right? They, adapt. they are forced <laughs> to adapt to their environment, right? Wow. So it's like harsh weather, um, you know, all kinds of things in their environment that, that they they are forced Adaptive, to, to adapt right. to. Wow, that's
0: incredible. Mm-hmm. And of course, you are what you eat. So if you consume that, yes. of course, wow.
1: And so the really interesting thing about adaptogens is that when you take them in high enough quantities, It does the same thing to your cortisol response. Mm -hmm. So what we see when people take adaptogens is that when a normal cortisol response in a stressful situation, their cortisol would spike. What happens when you take adaptogens is that cortisol response is mitigated. So it doesn't spike Mm -hmm. as much to the exact same stressor that you're exposed
0: to. That is incredible. This is why yeah, I yeah. love, you know, plant medicine so much because, oh, you know, ultimately, like we are one with everything. We are not separate from nature. We are nature. So it just mm-hmm. sometimes like when I really kind of meditate on that, it, may, it brings me to tears to mm-hmm. how much yeah. mother nature is really here for us and to help us thrive, you know, these plants are here for us, like that. I, I really yes. truly believe that that their purpose yes, is for true. us to to use and and to for us to be in our you know yeah. the, to be our best selves to then give back yeah. to Earth. You know, it's like this symbiotic yeah. kind of synergistic relationship, and that just makes me so exactly. happy to hear that. I love it.
1: I mean, it's yeah, it's nature's medicine. Absolutely,
0: right? and it's nature's right? medicine. Like our ancestors they didn't have pharmaceuticals. Exactly. This, is, exactly. this is ancient approach to health. And we're just, I think finally now there's a movement towards going back to that, which is makes me so happy because that's, that's how exactly. I believe that's how it's intended. That's what was intended. Yeah. And with, you know, industrial age and all these technological advances in medicine, again, mm-hmm. it has its place. I'm not going to put down pharmaceuticals. for sure. it has its yeah. place, but in terms of, again, you know, optimal health and well-being. I don't believe that we should be turning to drugs when there are natural exactly. alternatives available, right?
1: With less side exactly. effects, exactly. Yeah, less side effects. The great thing about herbal medicine, too, is that you know, even though I called something an adaptogen and it's been shown to mitigate the stress response, it has a whole host of other properties that are also beneficial. So to, to other parts of the body, right? yeah Yeah. so they all, all herbs are very nutritive so they have a lot of minerals mm-hmm. vitamins right so you're you're really taking in a nutritive source for as a medicine versus you know a pharmaceutical isn't essentially nutritive right, cause it's, right? It's, just, it's
0: man-made exactly <laughs> right. yeah,
1: yeah yeah so so yeah there's there they are very different i love that
0: i love it so much i really yeah. there was a documentary that i watched um prior to, you know, reaching out to you where it was all about like herbalism and, uh, Arabic medicine. And, and I just learned so much there. And actually I really felt guided by my intuition, higher self spirit, whatever you want to call it to, mm-hmm. to certain herbs that I needed to take at that time. And adaptogens were one of yeah. them, uh, specifically ashwagandha. Yeah. And, uh, when during our session, when, you know, you were kind of asking me like, you know, what's going on mm-hmm. and what are you taking? And I, I gave you a list of things. Like, I remember you mentioned, like, this is what I would suggest for you to take. And I'm just so grateful that, like, I was already on the right track in terms of the, you know, going towards using herbal medicine to bring myself back to life and help myself Mm -hmm. function again.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, that's very rare. Like, I see patients come in and they've self prescribed. And, like, almost, I will say 95% of the time, They've self-prescribed the wrong mm-hmm. thing. So to have you as a patient, and and you sh- you showed me everything, and I w- was literally like, oh, this is exactly what I would have prescribed I you. That. But honestly, honestly I, I <laughs> like even even the brands, like they were very high quality brands, and so so yeah, I was impressed. I,
0: honestly, I would love to take credit, but I can't because I I attribute it to my relationship with Spirit. Um, and mm-hmm. my commitment to taking guidance um, and just, like, just mm-hmm. hearing the voice and then like acting yeah. on it because uh, you know part of the reason why I started this podcast is to again empower others to build and cultivate their own relationship with their higher self and know higher power of their own understanding we don't all have to call it the same thing it doesn't matter what you call it but ultimately it's just really building that relationship with your own innate wisdom that is available to all of us and you know again like i'm going to use myself as an example that when you do you can really be guided to exactly what you need uh to live your best life ultimately to 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 be healthy and well in every aspect of your life so um Wonderful. Thank you for that. Uh, anything else you wanted to mm-hmm. add in terms of stress and what we can do to, you know, manage our stress levels? Um, again, you mentioned, yeah. uh, we, we talked about meditation, if you wanted to add anything to that. And- yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there are so many things you can do from like a lifestyle mm-hmm. factor. For example, exercise. Exercise is really great at mitigating stress, right? Mm-hmm. It helps you Movement, right? release that energy, mm-hmm. like yeah. So, so you're you're moving that energy away when you when you're doing exercise, right? So, so it's been shown to in the research significantly improve uh, your response to stress. Mm-hmm. And how does that do that well. in the
0: body physiologically? What what happens is because of the release of the other hormones. Right?
1: Yeah. So you have you have the release of endorphins. You have happy hormones. a release of hormones. <laughs> yeah, your happy hormones. Yeah. yeah so it really regulates uh-huh. mood, right? Exercise you know, improves depression by at least 30%, -hmm. Uh, it improves, uh, you know, anxiety similarly by around the same percentage. Mm -hmm. So, so it is, it is a core component. And, and if you're not exercising regularly, you are definitely more likely to be depressed and anxious. Right,
0: absolutely. Because again, like Mm -hmm. we are energy. So if, if I can tell you from personal experience, when I kind of you know, stop moving my body. Uh, I can feel that mm-hmm. stagnation just taking place exactly. in my body because it, it's, we're meant to move, we're meant to flow, right? Mm-hmm. So, and when exactly. it comes to the type of exercise, would you agree that, you know, it, it's different for everyone and it doesn't really matter what you choose as long as you choose to move your body? Is that correct? For
1: sure. So, to a certain extent, I would say it doesn't really matter as long as you're moving because we need to get you right, moving, right. right? If we are going to go from somebody who's sedentary, not moving mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to say, oh, okay, there's only one form of exercise and you don't enjoy that exercise. I'd rather have you right. moving. Of course. Right. Yeah. But what I do want to say is that exercise is the most important lifestyle factor for, mo- for maintaining bone and muscle mass as mm-hmm. we age. So muscle mass gradually declines as part of the aging process. It's called sarcopenia. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately for females, especially bone and muscle mass begins to steadily decline in our thirties. And is
0: that a factor for osteoporosis? Is that right? Right. Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. But we can actually prevent osteoporosis. So weight bearing exercise can not only prevent the decline in bone and muscle mass, but it can also promote its Uh growth. Mm -hmm. So that means that everyone should either be lifting weights or use their own body weight to put enough stress on their muscles to promote Mm -hmm. that growth or at the very least diminish its deterioration
0: right. would yoga be something that could be like
1: that? so yeah yoga yoga is considered body weight okay, yeah. right as long as it's not the yin yoga where you're literally in like four or five poses the whole uh-huh. class right as long as it's it's you're putting enough body weight right. uh enough stress on your muscles uh and research is very clear about this like the more muscle you have as you age the longer you'll live that makes sense. it's that black that makes and white sense. yeah yeah totally Right. Yep. Yep. It reduces your all cause mortality, which means your likelihood of dying from all causes of death, mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to s- yeah. something deteriorating in your body. Right. Exactly. Right. It's exactly because, you know, we hear so many conflicting pieces of information in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. this much cardio or th- this much weightlifting. Yeah. So what is the role of cardio with, with exercise?
1: So that's, that's a really good question too. So cardio is definitely important. I'll say that if you're doing strength training, so you should do strength training at least. And by strength training, I do mean like mm-hmm. body weight exercises, if that is yoga, mm-hmm. right, uh, with your own body weight, if it's enough of a, of a stimulus. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, so two to three times a week of, of strength training. And if you're doing the, the exercises fast enough, you know, if you're having short breaks in between – those mm-hmm. exercises it is considered cardiovascular activity oh, okay. right so you could actually be doing yeah you could actually be doing you could mm-hmm. be exactly exactly so the the important thing there is to have short rests right so that you're feeling you know a sweat and you're you're feeling your heart rate um, go up that that is the cardiovascular activity right so the best thing in my opinion is Because we live in a society where we're all so busy, right? The number one reason people tell me that they can't exercise is because of time, right? Right? Everyone says they don't have time.
0: Exactly. You scroll through Instagram for half an hour, if not more, a day, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So I would say, you know, for efficiency's sake, you could do two Mm -hmm. to three times a week of strength training exercise, short breaks, short rests Mm -hmm. in between, you know, you're getting a sweat, your right. heart
0: rates up, and that would be sufficient mm-hmm. for most that people. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's absolutely doable. And I mm-hmm. think ultimately, you know, sure. what it comes down to is making yourself a priority. And, mm-hmm. you know, underneath that, that's, that's more of a surface level underneath that it comes down to, you know, self love and self worth. 100% just don't love ourselves most of us and i think that's a perfect exactly. segue into my next question which is what is the mm-hmm. role of emotions from your perspective and your experience when it comes to the cause mm-hmm. of you know this ease and ailments in the body which yeah. I, you know for my personal research yeah. i know it's huge but i would love to take your part your, yeah. your take on this
1: yeah so so if you're suppressing your emotions or you're not you know, expressing them, or you're trying to block out, you know, something you don't, you don't want to think about it, it'll eventually resurface and it can resurface mm-hmm. physiologically. In How the does body, that do that? Right? Like, because,
0: you know, what is the connection between the, the, you know, mind body, right? Because the emotions, where do they live? Do mm. so they live, they live in our emotional body, which is kind of associated with our mind. Is that right?
1: Mm. Yeah, so I don't know if we know the exact mechanism mm. of action. You know, I don't know, like, right. scientifically. How that
0: actually affects
1: if we know physical exactly. matter, right? Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. we are
0: energetic and yeah. emotions are energy. Exactly. But, right. Exactly.
1: Yeah, we definitely know that there is a mind-body connection. And we know that, for example, you know, let's take someone mm-hmm. who's depressed. If you're depressed consistently over years, that is going to take a physiological toll right. on your body, right? Right. It it affects you know you're you're sleeping longer you're not you're not eating as much maybe or you're eating more so it, it has physiological right. effects right uh, we we don't necessarily know like the exact mechanism of action I mean everything is so different but with depression we know that there's probably a role with inflammation and with mm-hmm. gut bacteria mm-hmm. right I would say that uh, it's probably different for everyone Absolutely. too yeah
0: our, our it, stress yeah response, so it goes right? back like, to like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it goes back to individualized mm-hmm. medicine, right? So one person might be suppressing emotions and it might come out physiologically differently from how even let's say their brother oh, or their totally. sister let's say they're suppressing a, so the exact same emotion, they might have a completely different physiological totally. response to that.
0: So related right? to that, you know, even with just like processing yeah. emotions or yeah, I guess processing emotions is exactly to say it. like with Mimi and I you know we both grew up in the same environment and had the same stressors but the way that I sort of internalize and um, the way it affects me essentially is yeah. I believe on a very deep level um, as an empath as okay. a highly sensitive person yeah. um, just feels yeah. everything deeply so absolutely I totally agree with that yeah. That you know
1: so yeah, we can all kind yeah. of experience
0: the same thing but the way we Uh, internalize it it can be and the way it affects us Mm -hmm. ultimately is can be so so different so yeah so then you let's go back to um, emotions and how it might Mm -hmm. you know affect disease or ailments in the body or just this balance right like it creates this balance in the body yes
1: yes exactly exactly It, it definitely it definitely does and that's why it's really important to to spend time understanding, you know, if you're feeling something, don't just push it away, right? Really get to know what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, uh, so that it doesn't resurface later on, or it doesn't, you know, end up becoming a physiological concern that you have to address later on. And and at that point, it has probably gone on for for longer than it should, and it would be a little bit harder
0: right. to so address from naturopathic uh, standpoint. What would be if someone has, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of emotional, you know, sort of yeah. kind of weight that they're carrying what would be the treatment plan so to speak that you would spend?
1: yeah uh, so so again it would be it would be really different for everyone one thing that i love uh using as a tool is cognitive behavior behavioral therapy cbt i don't know too
0: much about it so uh, yeah if you want to go into that a bit that would be great
1: yeah it's it's a form of you know questioning mm-hmm. But really, it gives the patient a chance to understand themselves and, and understand their emotions on a deeper level, where it's coming from, why it's coming up for them, what it really means, uh, the message behind it, in a way that I I could never tell them. Right, the practitioner can never tell them this is something that they they're able so to the tell answer, to, to the, say themselves.
0: The, the therapist would be asking questions, and then the person kind of finds their own. Yes.
1: Answer, right? Yeah, and so. Exactly. And the questions really, are they're in a way that they're repeating kind of what the patient Uh, is saying, right? But yeah, but it actually gets the patient to understand themselves better and they're able to express exactly why they're feeling the way they're feeling and what they can do to solve it. They they actually become their own problem solver at the end of the day, right? Through CBT, but... But they don't even realize that that's happening, right? So a, a good practitioner is able right, to bring right, that out. Because
0: exactly. I think ultimately, like, that's my message to everyone is just to be empowered and to know that you have all the answers you need. It's great to have, you know, people on your team um, to health and optimal well-being uh, that mm-hmm. can kind of sort of guide you. But ultimately, all the answers really are inside you, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, it, so then part of that, let's say, treatment, that would be you would recommend someone to see Cognitive
1: yeah right. to do cbt yeah yeah that's trained okay. in cbt mm-hmm. uh yeah there's definitely so there's also there's so many things tied into uh emotional factors as well though like nutrient deficiencies can be tied in there so sometimes emotional responses are due to a physical a no, physiological no. response or a physiological okay. cause right more too, so please. yeah so for example um one, one deficiency that's very well known is uh mm-hmm. vitamin D. So if you're living in North America or even if you're living somewhere sunny but you spend the majority of your time indoors, uh you should likely get your vitamin D levels tested because uh 90% of our vitamin D is synthesized in the skin from mm-hmm. sunlight exposure and specifically from UVB okay. absorption. So if you're living in a country of northern latitude mm-hmm. like Canada. Right. That means that at least six to seven months out of the year, we're unable to produce adequate amounts of vitamin Mm -hmm. D, which which ultimately means the research shows that about fifty percent of the world is currently vitamin D deficiency
0: deficient. And
1: that's affecting our
0: what exactly our ability to to process
1: nutrients? Is that what you said? So, so vitamin D in its active form is actually a hormone. So it's considered a vitamin. But when it's, when it's in its active form, it mm-hmm. becomes a hormone and its deficiency has been associated with all kinds of things, right? Like cardiovascular disease, osteoporosis, type two diabetes, um, and increased susceptibility to the cold and flu, but also it's associated uh-huh. with mood and seasonal affective disorder. So sad literally means that you're feeling <laughs> sad, right? And Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so that's one deficiency that you could have that could be causing all kinds of symptoms, including affecting your mood, significantly affecting your mood. So it affects motivation. Um, like you you lack motivation, wow. you're feeling down, uh, exhaustion, right. And with exhaustion comes, you know, when you're exhausted, you're more likely to be depressed. So you're at risk of depression. So it could very well be, you know, a nutrient uh, deficiency that's, that's, that's causing this. I love yeah. that
0: we kind of naturally organically went there because that was one of the questions I definitely wanted to address.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: Of, of How it affected me as well on my journey, the vitamin yeah. D deficiency. And I absolutely yeah. attest to the fact that most likely the way I was processing emotions was... Largely due to mm. sleep deprivation with you know my kids, but for also sure. probably aggravated even more because that I because of the deficiency in vitamin D and now that it's been I think it's been when did we start this I think I started maybe almost nine months ago I think it was springtime right if I if I'm correct yeah um, and that um, yeah. I can definitely feel myself between the adaptogens the supplements that I'm taking for you know, yeah fatigue and. Um, you know, brain boosting things that I'm taking and the fish oil and all that, but, and the vitamin D as well, and iron and all these things. But yes, I can yeah. definitely feel a significant improvement and
1: uh, can mm-hmm.
0: most definitely attest to that. And yes, if you're listening right now and sure. you are not taking vitamin D and you don't get enough sun, then, you know, this alone yeah. can be, would a, a medical doctor be able to, obviously, right? Like throw up yeah, so and recommend.
1: So yeah, so your medical doctor can in Ontario no matter even if your medical doctor runs it or or a naturopathic doctor runs it it's the same price so it's about $40 right. to have your vitamin D tested. Uh and it's not OHIP covered because the Ontario government just assumes everyone's deficient so ah. there's no need to test. <laughs>
0: is, because um, of a little yeah mild. that's which, so funny. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the, the crazy thing is, and they recommend, okay, everyone just take 1,000 IUs, but 1,000 IUs is literally like, I won't say nobody can be, like, maybe there, there are a very small percentage of people that can be sufficient, vitamin D sufficient, with 1,000 IUs. I've mm-hmm. never seen it. It's possible. Uh, but the thing with vitamin D, the reason why you have to test it is if you take it, if you take too much of it, it gets stored mm-hmm. in your fat cells, in your mm-hmm. adipose tissue, And so you can actually overdose, right? So you can actually have toxic exposure, which is why, yes, yeah. So, which is why as a naturopathic doctor, I Mm -hmm. test, you know, initially, and then three months later, three to four months later, I'll test again, just to make sure we are adequately dosing you, right? Everyone is so, yeah, everyone is so genetically unique when it comes to absorption of vitamin D. That's the other thing. Uh, It's really your genetics that determine how you absorb vitamin Mm -hmm. D yeah and so you know you might need only for example two drops a day but your husband might right. need five right and there's no way for us yes, to know unless right. we test and really. honestly
0: yes of course there's yeah. a little price but again it comes down to how much do you value your well-being right like exactly the price exactly of, i don't know a few movies a month or a cup of coffee or whatever you know, like for this, sure this is your
1: health for sure and it's, yeah, yeah it's yeah. an investment I mean, for sure, sure. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, I run a lot of blood work, and I'll say that I almost never see someone that comes back without any nutrient deficiencies. If it's the first time that they've see, they're seeing a naturopathic the, doctor, they're likely
0: you are deficient. Is what i are saying? It,
1: the, yeah, it's it's very unlikely that they're that they have no oh, nutrient deficiencies, right? Like always, something comes up on blood work, always, right? And it just has to do with you know, our lifestyle, the fact that we are living in a Northern latitude, right? It's very likely that if you're not supplementing with vitamin D in the winter months, that you are vitamin D deficient and you could be deficient in other vitamins that we check, right? Like vitamin B12, iron, there's a whole bunch of uh, blood work that we do that you, that you're, you're familiar with because we.
0: So grateful for that because, you know, it is so comprehensive and you feel it's so empowering Mm -hmm. because you, you honestly, like you take your health into your own hands and you don't you know, know, because ultimately, again, you just have to decide, like, are you worth living your best life? Like this is, you get this one Mm -hmm. body in this lifetime, you know, if if your body's functioning well, then you are at at an advantage because you can now, you kind of elevate yourself from living by the hormones of stress and you, you know, thriving and you can now find inspiration and, you know, just your whole quality of life can, significantly change and improve which is why I was you know so inspired and passionate about having this conversation and hopefully inspiring mm-hmm. uh, our beautiful listeners to you know look at their health from a very different perspective and um, yeah yeah and just know that there's so many things that go into it and there's so many things that you have control over um, so we're starting to wrap up here but I definitely wanted to um, as with all of the episodes that I do I want to Right. People with mm-hmm. you know very kind of significant takeaways and values and practical steps. So if you could for sure. you know give us a couple tips on what we can do um, as preventative yeah. measures um, to you know
1: for sure. Yeah, I definitely have some tips that I that I think anyone can implement. So the first thing I want to talk about is everyone's heard that we're made up of around sixty percent mm-hmm. water, right? So drinking clean water is probably the simplest and most effective health tip I can give. <laughs> I
0: sip my water. For example. <laughs> I have my water. I'm like, oh, water. Yeah. Here we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So filtered water is really important. My, my favorite is uh, rever- reverse osmosis mm-hmm. water filters or spring water mm-hmm. in glass bottles. Uh, you can even get countertop reverse os- osmosis mm-hmm. water filters. Uh, so it's not something you necessarily have to uh-huh. install. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but uh, recently there was a Canada-wide oh. investigation that exposed the dangerous levels of toxic lead in our tap water. Oh, goodness. No, water. I did
0: not know about this.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they, they collected test results that measured exposure to lead in, I believe it was, uh, 11 oh, cities wait. across Canada. And out of twelve thousand tests, one third, so that's thirty three percent, exceeded the oh national safety gosh. guideline for lead. And this is from like tap
0: water. Yep. Testing. Wow.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so for years, I've been saying, "Don't drink tap water." I've even had you know professors at school question me on this. They're like, "Don't worry, like drink your tap oh water. It's fine, right?" Yeah. Now we have studies to corroborate that. Uh, there's also high amounts of estrogen in tap water from hormones excreted okay. in the urine so not just from women on birth control mm. pill for example but men and women who aren't on the birth control pill they also excrete estrogen in their urine uh, and it can't be completely removed from mm. our water systems so would
0: a Brita filter be yeah. sufficient or that's that doesn't really
1: no so unfortunately a Brita filter does not filter out most oh, okay. most so then- contaminants yeah yeah, you, need, you definitely need either a reverse osmosis filter. I mean, a good option is a Berkey filter, but the Berkey filter doesn't filter out 100% of everything. So if you're going to invest in a Berkey filter can be quite expensive. You can get a smaller one and it's not that expensive. But uh, if you're going to invest in a water filter, I would recommend... A reverse osmosis for sure
0: okay i'm going to yeah. look into that for sure because at the moment it seems like i'm not doing the optimal so yes definitely okay to that yeah thank you for that
1: yeah advice. no
0: problem that alone no I think problem. it can be so so powerful right because for sure it's, it's giving water is life <laughs> right for sure yeah, for sure great.
1: and then <clears throat> uh the other very simple thing uh everyone can do and everyone has access to this is pretty much free mm-hmm. right uh so Light exposure, not talked about a lot, but so important. Mm. So the research shows that you need a minimum of 20 minutes of outdoor light exposure to the retina, Mm. which is in your eye, Mm. at about 10,000 lux first thing in the morning to send a signal to your brain to coordinate your uh, biological body clock, which is your circadian Mm. rhythm. And it basically lets your body know that it's daytime. I see. So. Yeah. And so the very interesting thing is that our biological clocks are found in basically every tissue and organ in our body. So wow. it's in our liver, for example, we have more than 350 genes involved in metabolism and detoxification, and they are all expressed in a circadian fashion. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. So we we need a minimum of 10,000 lux light for 20 minutes to send that signal to our brain. And, indoor, and that would
0: mean like, you have to be outside exactly. Or does that count?
1: Exactly, you have to be outside. Yeah. So indoor light doesn't even come close to meeting that ten thousand lux threshold, right? Wow. And so that is another reason why many people develop seasonal affective disorder in the winter. It's because they're spending so much time cooped up indoors, right? And they're not meeting their twenty minute threshold.
0: So right. So it doesn't count if you're in the car, is that no, right? No. So or even like-
1: glass. So so light that is emitted through glass, even if you're not using, you know, your light bulbs. Light that's emitted through glass is not the same, right? It still does not meet that 10,000 lux. And it still also, it, it actually is only blue light at that point. It doesn't have any of the infrared or red light waves that you get from full spectrum light when you're outside. And that has a lot of benefit too. So you need to be exposed to infrared and red light, which and the full spectrum light, which is, you can really only get it from being outdoors
0: right so just like going for a walk or something Mm -hmm.
1: so my advice is even in the winter spend at least 20 minutes outdoors when you first wake up to regulate your circadian rhythm and then on top of that be outdoors as much as you can right so Mm -hmm. it's really only to your benefit yeah so bundle up stay warm but don't (laughs) don't avoid being outside
0: okay and if we are not doing it you mentioned it it affects the the
1: sad. Part yeah. Or, so, um, what so what for? happens is oh. your circadian rhythm basically regulates every organ in your body, every cell, and it also regulates your mood, right? Because when your body doesn't know what time of the day it is, it throws everything off, right? And so right. it can affect uh, your mood. It's well documented. So we know that. Uh, that even though, you know, vitamin D deficiency might play a role in seasonal affective disorder, that light exposure also plays a role. So they've done Mm -hmm. studies where uh, they have people use a 10,000 lux light box, which you can order off Amazon. It's just blue light. It doesn't have the infrared and red, uh, uh, the full spectrum light. But when when they have people who are clinically depressed use a 10,000 lux light box, uh, light box for 20 minutes, first thing in the morning, uh, their depression significantly improves or their seasonal affective oh. disorder significantly improves. That's
0: pretty huge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, anything else for us that yeah, we can do?
1: Yeah. So sleep, sleep is obviously mm-hmm. very, very important. Oh. <sighs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well,
1: you know, okay, well, no, I know, I know. <laughs> so, so, so we can only do the best that we can, Right. Right. So with yeah. what with what we have, and it doesn't mean. So if you have young children, then it's going to be hard. But know that you know in a few years, it won't always be like this. It's not right? Permanent. Yes, it's not permanent. <laughs> it's a temporary. It's a temporary phase. Uh, what's the sufficient mm-hmm.
0: sort of schedule? Sorry. The sufficient sleep uh, schedule would be like what? Okay. Would be the yeah. Ideal? Yeah. That's
1: that's a great question. So we're actually sleeping way less than we used to. So we're sleeping about two hours less than we were in the 1960s. And 40% of Americans get less than seven hours of sleep. So they're averaging about six and a half hours. And the consensus based on research is that as adults, we should be sleeping minimum seven hours. And you know, if we can sleep a little bit more than that, that's even better. But we have to at least hit that seven hours on a regular basis uh, to promote optimal mm. health, because any any less than that per night is associated with a whole host of things like impaired immune function, so you're more likely to get sick more often, uh, increased pain, impaired performance, you know increased function in general, yeah right? yeah, yeah, so you're yeah. more likely to make errors at work, you know you have a greater risk mm. of accidents uh, and and the other thing I wanted to say is it's not just about uh, getting enough sleep, but if you you know getting to bed on time, so by 10 p.m. is is considered optimal. Your mm-hmm. uh, your because your entire body functions in harmony with your circadian rhythm. It really uh, it is really important to get to bed at a decent hour. It's not just about how many hours you sleep because it impacts mm-hmm. your circadian rhythm. Right,
0: because of the quality of sleep you're exactly. getting. Exactly. Right? So
1: they've they've found that. For every hour you sleep before midnight you're more likely to go into a deeper sleep and get more restorative sleep versus the hours past midnight wow. Yeah so yeah that makes sense. yeah so getting a minimum of two hours before midnight you'll you're much better off than sleeping after midnight
0: one day yeah exactly one day one day
1: day. the thing the thing is again your body is very resilient and as long as you're not doing Mm -hmm. this chronically for like 10 years a decade right then your body would start to break down you're you're not doing it chronically
0: you know what I mean yeah yeah, that makes sense okay wonderful any more tips for us these are all I think these are all amazing very easy that anybody can do so thank you yeah yeah um, practical
1: Thank yeah, you. of course. The I guess the the final thing I want to say uh, is to, you know, listen to your body. Uh, mm. I feel like this
0: is a huge Yeah, a, so many people are It's a Yeah, it's a
1: huge it's a huge thing. It sounds so simple, but I guarantee you most people are not doing this at least most of the time, right? So, you know, we're, we're we've we've trained our bodies to just push through, right? We have a deadline, we have a work deadline, push through, you know? I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna sleep less, you know, this week, or I'm going to do this this week, you know, and, and you might be fine. But if in the long run, run you're feeling tired, you know, you're sad more frequently, you've got, you know, painful periods or irregular periods, which I know a lot of women experience, and and they think it's normal, but you know, it's not, it's actually not normal, even if it's common, it's not normal, Mm -hmm. right. And so, The very important message I want to leave your listeners with today is that don't ignore these messages that your body is signaling to you. Your body actually communicates to you through these messages. It's the only way your body can communicate to you. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. I would recommend seeing a clinician. It will take the time to figure out why you're feeling this way and get to the root cause right? So don't let years go by before you do something, because as resilient as the body is, that can really take a toll in the end.
0: Absolutely. And eventually it's going to break down. Mm -hmm. Like it is absolutely, we talked about how resilient it is, but you know, it's also alive. And if it's not being nourished sufficiently in all these areas and aspects, you know, eventually it will manifest itself as something more serious, right? So I love that so much. That message resonates with me deeply, and it's something I'm super passionate about. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been a wonderful conversation. Something we didn't touch upon that is huge. That maybe one day soon we can mm-hmm. have uh, part two is nutrition and yes, you know, yeah. What we
1: so I purposely uh, left that out because it is such yeah. a huge topic, <laughs> it's right? Like a topic yeah, it's like going three. down the rabbit hole. So you know i didn't want to open up that can of worms today just because i wanted i I knew we were going to touch on so many different things uh and and we did i think we we have a lot of great tips that we've we've oh so much yeah absolutely yes
0: thank you so so much for your time i really appreciate thank you so much for
1: having me i I was this was this was great I, i loved being here
0: Thank you. It's been wonderful. And I really hope that you guys took notes because Farah talked about so many things that, you know, just from this conversation alone, if you are really serious about living your best life and having optimal health and well-being, just from these, you know, tips that we've discussed today, you can make so many positive changes in your life and really, you know, transform your life for the better. So thank you, Farah, so much for your time. I would love to have part two and talk about nutrition one day. So, uh, before we sign off, I just want to acknowledge you for just who you are and how much you care. And I'm so grateful that you chose this field and that you're so aligned with your purpose work and, um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to, if they
1: want to. Yeah. So I'm currently practicing downtown Toronto, uh, And you can find me on Instagram, doctor at Dr. Farah I've got my website, www.farahrosick.com. And I'm also seeing patients virtually all over Ontario. So if you're not currently in Toronto and you're somewhere in Ontario, I can still, uh, still meet with you.
0: I love that. I love that you do remote um, consultations. It's awesome. So, Perfect. Thank you so much again for your time. Thank and you so I much for having, having me. Yeah, our second part uh, one day soon. Have yeah, a wonderful me too. Day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Sarah.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening to the very end of this episode. I just really hope that you found this episode informative and you learned about naturopathic medicine, about what it is, and uh, took away a lot of tips that um, Dr. Farah shared with us here. They're all, all practical, all applicable, all simple things that we can all incorporate into our daily lives. So I really, really Uh, It's my greatest intention that you take away a lot from this episode and that it serves you well. I would love to connect with you. If you've listened to the whole episode, I would love to connect over on Instagram. So please take a screenshot and share with me on Instagram uh, that you're listening to the episode and where you're listening. It's so amazing to be able to see, uh, you know, all of you, wherever you are listening with, um, you know, to see... Put faces to um, this beautiful community that we are creating here. And also share with me your biggest takeaways. Because if you're just listening, you know, and not actually, you know, taking and implementing, then all this information is really just useless. So I really, really want to encourage you to, you know, take notes and take this back into your life and I would love to hear uh, what those takeaways were for you. Also if this episode resonated and touched your heart then please share it with your loved ones. Even just two to three people can really spread the message of each of these episodes that are you know really designed to uplift, to empower, to give the power back to all of us that we can live our ideal lives and also you know, because we are so new, reviews really, really help us become discoverable. So wherever platform you're listening to, please take a moment. It's really one of the best ways that you can support this podcast and me is by leaving a review of, uh, you know, about the podcast and that really helps us. So thank you so much again for listening. I love each and every one of you and I'm so grateful to, uh, be in this position to have an opportunity to share this information and um, for it to hopefully touch your life in a positive way. So thank you again. And until next time, stay conscious.